Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, as we ooh, we recognized at the beginning that you are the initiator. You are the one who loved us first. You are the one who descended as Jesus Christ from the highest of places to the low, filthy with us, so that we would know you. You reached out to us first. And then we moved into confession, recognizing as we saw a little bit of the light how dark it has been here inside. But moving through that and turning to you, we began to overflow with joy. Now, again, as we approach this sacred moment of listening to your word, we ask that through your spirit, you would breathe into us, that each and every one of us here, wherever we came from, would recognize we have been called here today for a purpose and a reason, namely to hear your word. We ask that anything, speaker or listener, that is anxiety from the past or future would be cast out by the power of the name of Jesus, that we might listen and pay attention to you and you alone. We pray this in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please open. Listen, I have a manuscript today. That said, if you know me, I go off script. What time is it? We've got plenty of time. Please open your Bibles to Nehemiah chapter 12. We're going to be looking at verses 27 through 47 today. We'll be jumping around quite a bit as we gather the fruit from today's text. This is the second to last sermon in our series, Praise God, for many things. It has been an amazing journey, though, has it not this fall? Oh, I heard an amen. Careful. We feasted on God's word. We've learned about building hope through the model laid out by God in the book of Nehemiah as he did what? Rebuilt the walls of Jerusalem as he rebuilt hope, as he rebuilt the covenant community. We know who was the real star. Now as we reach the end of the series in the book of Nehemiah, today in chapter 12, hold on tight, we find a dedication, a celebration, a celebration of the completion of this wall that we've been talking about. We know it's more than a wall. While the text for today, we'll get there, recounts a specific event, the entire event, hey, kind of like all of Scripture, has themes and foundations that help us today with our own expression of joy and thanksgiving and worship. Oh, look at the timing, right, as we come close to a holiday called Thanksgiving. Man, are we lucky. As we read God's Word together, we find that Nehemiah dedicates, dedication the walls of Jerusalem through a diversity of participation, a diversity of expression that conveys an overflowing joy and thanks for the hope that has been built through Nehemiah as an instrument of God. 
And then our text concludes today with the steps that the people take to sustain the joy so that it will be a joy never ending. Little did they know. All right, let's take a look at the first few verses. I'm going to read a little here and a little there as we get a grasp for the context of our passage today. And as we do, we'll recognize that in our celebration of God and worship, we begin with dedication, dedicating it all to God. Let's see here. Nehemiah, what did I say? Chapter 12, 27 through 31. And at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate. Celebrate the dedication with gladness, with thanksgivings and singing, with cymbals and harps and lyres. And the sons of the singers gathered together from the districts surrounding Jerusalem and from the villages of the Netophathites, also from Beth Gilgal in the region of Geba and Asmaveth. For the singers had built for themselves villages around Jerusalem. And the priests and the Levites purified themselves, and they purified the people and the gates and the wall. Then I, Nehemiah, brought the leaders of Judah up onto the wall and appointed two great choirs that gave thanks. One went south on the wall to the dung gate. We'll stop there. Thanks be to God. Listen, that dung gate, that's a whole other story. We'll get there another day. So as we begin our text instead, I want to focus on verse 27 and 30. If you've got your Bibles, whatever form. Noticing that this last chapter, half chapter of 12, in fact, everything else that we talk about, in fact, everything that Nehemiah is all about, namely, it's all about a dedication. We all know what a dedication is, right? You've heard them before. You hear them all the time on the radio. This dedication, I will always love you by Whitney Houston, goes out to a very special lady today on her birthday, Nora Weems, from her loving dad, Samuel. The song is dedicated, set apart, or given on behalf of whomever it's being dedicated to. Maybe you've actually been to a physical dedication before. I was looking up what's a recent dedication, and I didn't see any, but I saw one coming up. There's one coming up on Veterans Day, November 11th, 2022. you got a whole year to get ready. A dedication ceremony and veterans procession to honor the, quote, exceptional military service of Native Americans in a formal dedication of the National Native American Veterans Memorial in Washington, D.C., the dedication and procession will honor American Indian, Alaska Native, and Native Hawaiian veterans and their families. You know what a dedication is, right? So what we read today in Nehemiah is very similar in that the construction, namely the wall, is dedicated. It's set apart, and it has musicians and all sorts of things going on, right? What kind of party does not? But the dedication isn't to Nehemiah, even though he has done an amazing job of organization, leadership, and so on. And this moment is the culmination of all of that. The dedication, who is it to? Nora? No. 
Who is it to? Is it all of you? No. Who is it to? Yahweh, right? Come on. It's the Lord of heaven and earth. How could it not be? We've seen Nehemiah. We know his heart by now. If you've been traveling along with us, Nehemiah understands that unless the Lord keeps those walls, then all of the efforts, the hope building, the physical building, the covenanting, it's worthless. Worthless. Built in vain. If God's not there, if there's not love, love, love. Nehemiah dedicates all his efforts to God because as we've seen time and time and time again in this book, capital B, Nehemiah recognizes God's hand in hope building. And so therefore he sets apart his efforts to whom credit is truly due, namely the one true God. We also recognize in verse 30 that it's not just the wall being dedicated here. It's it's not just the physical, it's everything. Listen, don't do anything in connection with the one God half-heartedly. Don't do it. He knows our hearts, does he not? Verse 30 says that the Levites purified themselves ceremonially. That is, they performed a ritual, a ceremony probably involving the sprinkling of water, much like when the tabernacle was originally established by God through Moses. Everything in the tabernacle and all the people were set apart, cleansed, purified, made holy by, back then, the sprinkling of the blood of sacrifices. Caesar, we don't need that anymore. So that's what the Levites are doing. They are purifying themselves, setting themselves what? Apart. But they purify not only themselves, but the people, the gates, and the wall. Everything, all things made new, is purified. Everything is dedicated to God. Listen, we gather here today in person and online. They might be a little out of step, a little out of time. We do well to remember that when we gather together to worship, Part of what is entailed is an acknowledgement, a recognition that all of our efforts, everything that we are, a living sacrifice, right, wholeheartedly, whether it's physical buildings, how blessed are we, or the more intangible spiritual growth of the kingdom, and all those efforts, they're real, and indeed all of ourselves what? They're set apart, they're purified, they're dedicated to God. Every last drop. This is the beginning of worship. Listen, I've been around the block a few times, not as many as, as you guys, no offense. But once a time, once upon a time, in a different life, I was down in a little place called Haiti. And in the middle of the week, we did a little lesson. Listen, we thought we were teaching them. Woo! They flipped the script. But anyway, we did a little lesson for them, a VBS, for the local children. And some of them came because they heard the song, they heard the joy, and they wouldn't come in through the doors. Listen, it wasn't real doors, but they wouldn't even come into the space until they ran an hour clear home. 
with bare feet, some of them. You know why? Because they were coming to worship the Lord, and so they washed and they cleaned. Harder to do that around there. And they put on their nicest Sunday clothes, one set that they had for special moments like that. They wanted to cleanse themselves and set apart through dress and preparation before entering that space and participating in the lesson. Listen, this isn't a dig on anyone who is not dressed up the right way today, okay? We know who's right. By the way, that's an eagle. I'll tell you that story one day. I'm telling you. Listen, not, not, listen, don't get lost in the metaphor. Listen to what? Their hearts. That's what God sees, does he not? That's what matters to him above all. This is why we, as we talked earlier, we begin our worship together with what? Confession. It's a moment. A brief one for us to acknowledge the Lord of heaven and earth, to purify ourselves, to cleanse our conscience as deep as we're ready to go, as we set ourselves apart, renewing our commitment once again and dedicating ourselves unto God in our whole lives and in all of our efforts a living sacrifice. This is wholehearted worship dedicating all, dedicating our life's song unto God. That's how it starts. That's just step one. With that motive and that heart, that whatever we are, that whatever we have, whatever we do, it's all for the glory of God. And then we find that when we begin with this, when you take that first baby step, faith as small as a mustard seed, right? Take that first baby step. Then, inexorably, as though compelled irresistibly by the Holy Spirit within us, we continue overflowing with joy. That's what happens next. Joy and thanksgiving. Primarily, this is what characterizes the dedication. You've got the book. You're reading it, right? What's in there? Joy and thanks. I know a woman named Joy. I miss her. If you miss everything else about worship, don't miss this. This is essential. The secret sauce. Love, right? Joy. Joy. An overflow of your heart. Joy and thanks to the God of heaven above. We see the word thanks in verse 27. The songs that are being offered are songs of what? Thanksgiving in verse 31. The two choirs are to give thanks. In fact, here and later in verse 40, if you want to jump ahead, the Hebrew word for choir is actually more literally just thanksgiving. A more accurate translation would be one word, thanksgiving choir. All together, thanksgiving choir. You can do that nowadays. Read your text. You can do whatever you want. Thanksgiving choir, one word. Verse 43, there are choirs dedicated. This is de- they, look, dedicated to what? Giving thanks. 
the entire first section of our text from verse 27 to 43 is bookended. Pay attention to those big old bookends with the word joy. In verse 27, the text says they celebrated joyfully. Verse 43 has the word joy as a verb and a noun just in case we're too thick to get it. Look at verse 43 if you want. And they offered great sacrifices that day. We don't have to do that. Spoiler. They rejoiced, verb. Why? Woo, another spoiler. God had made them rejoice. With what? Great joy. Do you get it yet, Samuel? The women and children, everyone rejoiced. Not yet? Okay. And the joy of Jerusalem was heard from far away. Tell me it's not about joy. This passage should be seen foremost as a celebration. If you have in your minds, and I don't know what's in your mind, but if you have in your minds the idea of giving thanks to God, of worshiping God is a stilted and dead formality. No offense to anyone who wants to stay on the square, rectangle. Seriously? God commands partying. He does. Don't believe me? Listen, you know the Ten Commandments. You heard those before. In fact, we tend to linger there on those for some reason. Hmm. Where are they? They first appear in the Bible in Exodus chapter 20. They're a great summary of the law. My goodness. But after them, guess what? comes more and more laws. That's just a summary. You're just getting started. And you keep reading. There's laws about sacrifices and how those are supposed to work. That's done. Social interactions, hey, some of that's around. And then in Exodus 23, there are laws about a little thing called the Sabbath. Hey, that's today, God's day. And what else? Festivals. God commands us to rest and then in Exodus 23:14, for anyone who wants to write it down, 23:14 Exodus says three times of year, three times a year you are to celebrate a festival to me. In other words, the God of the Old Testament, right? Usually we picture him in our heads, I don't know about you, but it's been there before. We picture him in our head as the one that says thou shalt not heavenly voice. I don't have it. He says it three times a year you will throw a party in my honor. In my name. Let's have a party and rejoice in joy and thanks because I'm going to be your God and you're going to be my people. Is that not something to throw a party about? Absolutely it is party unto him. That, oh, this is a sub-point for those of you that like to take notes. The overflow of joy and thanks is manifested in a diversity of expression. A diversity of expression. We read that in addition to the human voice, there is music provided through various instruments. There's cymbals, harps, lyres. These are instruments, in verse 36, it says that there are musical instruments that were prescribed 
by David, the man of God. You want to see someone after his own heart? That man danced almost naked in his worship of him. Now, interesting, it's worthwhile to note that even though David is some five to six hundred years earlier, that part of what Nehemiah is doing is reestablishing the worship of him. He's reestablishing it by reconnecting with those practices established by King David during the height of Israel, such as the musical instruments. Yet, listen, Nehemiah is respectful, obviously, but he also doesn't use every single instrument that preceded him. He's okay with a combination Taco Bell Pizza Hut. There's a huge variety of musical options throughout the Bible. I wrote some of them down. I don't know it. There's the lyre, the reed pipe or the flute, the frame drum known as the tambourine, trumpets, harp, wooden clappers and bells. There's the ram's horn or the shofar, cymbal clappers, shakers. Shakers? I always thought the shakers were for the musically challenged people like me. So that they could feel like they were part of the band. There are so many instruments to express this stuff, right? The diversity of possibilities to use music as a stimulus of expression of joy. Nehemiah didn't feel obligated to use every exact instrument. If somebody forgot the finger symbols, did they cancel the party? My goodness, come on. Indeed, in our worship in Haiti, they only had a one guitar and their voices. Shoot, we didn't even need that guitar. Now continuing with this thought, again, note takers, sub point two. Don't worry, we got plenty of time. We also notice in this passage that the overflow of joy is manifested in a diversity of participation. A diversity of expression, a diversity of participation. There are two choirs. Each choir is led by a prominent layperson, not a priest or clergy. The first choir is led by Hoshia, and the second choir by Nehemiah. Each choir travels around different sections of the wall as part of the dedication ceremony, and they meet up and enter the temple together as one. There's actually, hey, Nehemiah's not legalistic. There's a section of the wall that doesn't get covered by their paths. He's a planner, right? Don't get legalistic. Listen to the heart of what's going on here. So the choirs each have a prominent layperson leading them. All the other lay leaders, they're split up in half. Half go with this choir, half go with the other. There's seven priests blowing trumpets, eight Levitical musicians playing instruments, and each choir has a director of music. So we have lay people. We have prominent leaders from the community. We have priests, professional singers, professional musicians, professional directors of the music. There is a diversity of participation going on here. Now the dedication ceremony basically ends at verse 43. But if we read the final verses of our section, we see that the expression of joy and thanks, guess what? That's not a one-time event. It's to be continual. This was a joy never-ending. Verses 44 through 47. On that day, men were appointed over the storerooms, the contributions, the first fruits, and the tithes to gather into them the portions 
required by the law for the priests and for the Levites according to the fields of the town. For Judah rejoiced over the priests and the Levites who ministered. And they performed the service of their God and the service of purification, as did the singers and the gatekeepers according to the command of David and his son Solomon. For long ago, in the days of David and Asaph, long ago, there were directors of the singers, and there were songs of praise and thanksgiving to God. And all Israel, in the days of Zerubbabel, and in the days of Nehemiah, gave the daily portion for the singers and the gatekeepers, and they set apart that which was for the Levites, and the Levites set apart that which was for the sons of Aaron. So what's going on here? It's almost like the people are overflowing with joy and generosity. That's what's happening. They're giving their very best. Don't listen to the law, listen to the heart. Their first fruits, the first, the ripe, the best, the right off the top, the cream of the crop, and they're dedicating it. It's almost like they learned from example, like they had to be loved first in order to learn how to love. You hear the gospel yet? Much like earlier, the walls, the gates, and the people, according to Nehemiah, were set apart to God. Now the people are responding, and they are setting aside a portion, the first portion of whatever it is that they have to provide together as a community for these times of celebration. Everyone pitches in for the party. You don't have to be a believer to understand that. The way the community is able to have a variety of expression, a variety of participation, is that in verse 47, all, every last one of Israel contributed the daily portions for the singers and the gatekeepers, and they set aside portion for the Levites too. Listen, this is one of the things I usually don't like to talk about because of the misuse and the abuse that's happened in the history of the church universal, capital C, in the past and present, my God, with regards to finances. I don't want you people to feel like, especially if you happen to be visiting today for the first time, welcome to our community, give us some money. I can promise you, ask somebody who knows my heart, that even if I didn't have this official ministry, that my life would be dedicated to him and helping point others to his never-ending joy. That's all of our jobs, right? No matter where we are. I hope you all know, I don't say it enough, how loved I feel as a pastor at this congregation where I don't have to worry, huh, like some people, about rent, about the bills, how freeing that is to allow me to devote myself to ministering within this community gathered here and no offense more importantly to those out there. Anyway, we end here. Look how the time flew. We end with how we began. By dedication. Dedicating it all to God. We look at all that we are. All that we've accomplished all of our physical building all of our hope building and we dedicate it all to God his kingdom and his name alone 
all by his grace alone. Then, possessed by his Holy Spirit, we continue with overflowing joy that manifests itself in a diversity of expression, in a diversity of participation. And as we go forth, we dedicate our best and make every effort to celebrate, to party the never-ending joy in our hearts in the places we live, work, and play. Amen? Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you today for speaking your word to us once again. The same old song, the same story once again, but the refrain, the hook, keeps bringing us back in. Oh, you are so beautiful. You are so wonderful. We dedicate all that we are and everything that we have to you because you gave it to us in the first place. <laughs> Give us joy deep in our hearts abundantly shaken down and overflowing and may it be never ending like the never ending love that you showed us in Jesus Christ it's in his name we pray and all God's people said